0: Hello and welcome to Monday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler, and joining me today to help me talk through all six Scottish Premiership fixtures is Mr. Craig Anderson. Hello, Craig.
1: How? 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 I'm American Indian now. Hello, oh, Craig. How are you doing? Is what I was going to ask. <laughs>
0: I don't know what happened, you should be malfunctioning for a second.
1: Yeah, I just lost the ability to speak, um, which is not a good, I- a good idea when you're on a podcast with two people for one hour.
0: Yeah, so hopefully this is the only time that happens, but I'm, I'm sure it won't be. Uh, we're not always the most uh, eloquent on here in terms of getting our words out. Uh, we, we can often stumble, uh, often say the word A, uh, often forget what we're going to say. We're not not the most polished of professionals, but I think that's why a lot of people love us. It's, it's part of our charm.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever been told to have charm before, but I'll, we'll take it, Craig.
0: <laughs> everybody has a little bit of charm. It's, it's, it's all in the eye of the beholder, I suppose.
1: Well, I've, I've not found the right beholders yet, but maybe maybe I'm, I'm in luck now.
0: Cue <laughs> everybody getting in touch on Twitter saying, oh, you've got plenty of charm, Craig. Oh, yeah, no, oh, it's, it's,
1: it's like that thing that it's, it's mostly women, but men do it as well, that it's... Uh, the false modesty thing, where they're just basically saying, "Oh, I'm really fat," or oh, "I'm really this," just to get people saying, "No, you're fine. You look great." All that. Yeah. Um, An interesting path we've taken here.
0: Yes, I'm trying to think of a link between thinking they're fat but actually being all right. Um, no, Celtic. Celtic won the weekend. <laughs> so there's a, there's a there's a seamless link for you. Uh, Celtic beat Aberdeen on on Sunday. Two goals to one. Let's start off with that one, since uh, because. I made an arse of things earlier in terms of the... We're, we split the three games in terms of watching three each and I accidentally watched one of the games you'd watch, which ended up being this one. So we've both watched this one. So apologies to Dundee United and Ross County fans. Uh, neither of us watched all your game, but we have both seen the highlights, so we'll talk about that uh, at the end. But uh, yeah, let's begin with the matchup of Taudry. A, a huge result for Celtic that still only keeps them in sixth place in the table. But had they not won this one with... Kind of everything that's gone on—that their terrible form, especially the bad kind of league form as well—and and dropping as low down as sixth place, and so low that the one on Saturday and still remain there. And um, had they had they managed to to not get that final goal, or had Scott Brown scored that header, or had you know Ramirez been able to to finish a chance when the ball bounced back up from Johnny Hayes' shot, then you're really talking about. I mean, even as even as early in this career and even with everything he's had to deal with, you're still you're still gonna have a lot of people asking questions of whether Postacoglu is the right man for the Celtic job. And they've managed to, at the very least, delay that question another couple of weeks. And plus, as I was kind of saying this to Joel when we've done the stats podcast that released on Saturday morning on the Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash terrorist podcast. I said that I had the kind of feeling that Celtic were about to go on a bit of a run because I just think they've got, with Furuhashi back and Jota now looking a pretty decent addition as well. I think they've got too much at the front end for a number of teams. And I think you'll see them go on a run and get themselves up to the right end of the table. But they needed to stop the rot. And in a way, when it Pitadri, even if Aberdeen are a bit rubbish this campaign, it's still a decent victory to get.
1: Yeah, and, and so it was a, a first and foremost a good result for Celtic and I agree with you in terms of what they've got at the front end. Though I would say you could have a, a car where you could put all the best engine, the best everything in the front end, but if you don't have any wheels at the back, it's not going to go very far. And there is a bit of an analogy there with the Celtic team because the quality of defenders that they have at the club, or maybe not at the club, is not fair because they're... they're Players who can come in and will improve things, but the quality of the defender they've got in the field, there are three, there are three of the four in the back four that are just fundamentally not good enough. Yesterday, and you saw moments from each of the three of them. Um, Carter Vickers, the jury's out on, but maybe okay. But the um, performances, like from from Ralston, who had a, had a wee purple patch for a month or two, and is uh, reverted essentially back to what we expected, which is that he. Doesn't do much on the ball. His crosses were pretty poor. Montgomery defensively looked an absolute nightmare. He did put in a lovely ball for the for the winner, and that has to be um, that has to be acknowledged. And Starfelt for the fee they paid for him, for what the reputation he's come in with, does. I think I heard someone say well, the other day does seem to almost be getting worse as time has gone on, and maybe that's with what's around him. Now, obviously, Duranovic, Julian, and, and even Taylor coming back. All three of those players would improve that defence immeasurably, and, and maybe that's you know what they need. Because yeah, the the front end of the, uh, the well, the other issue is not not nothing protecting the defence, which is why he's had to to dig dig to the depths of try to play near beat on there again, which then didn't, didn't work. I don't think. At the front end, are breathtaking at times. Some some of the football um, that they do play when they get into that final third is really good. Furuhashi. For me, he's one of the most exciting players to watch that we've had in, in the league for a long time, and and he obviously he he does a lot of things that other players don't do. And, and scoring with his chest would be one of them. Um, and yeah, it was the at that point I thought they're going to go on and absolutely steamroller Aberdeen today because the quality that they have on show and the way they were playing. You kind of feared, especially with the state of Aberdeen's defence, which we might go on to, particularly centre backs. Um, but then, second half, they didn't come out at all. And Aberdeen, I thought, we we're going to go on and win the game. And um, the way it was going, it kind of, it kind of was reminiscent of that 3 3 game last season where it just seemed to kind of swing back and forward so often. But this time around, Celtic managed to grab the victory, which at the end of the day is all that matters and we can talk about that a lot later on you can play all the, the nice football or whatever badly it doesn't matter when you win a game you get away with it and and that's what happened for me
0: yeah go back to your kind of point about the defence the problem with the defence is that well it's twofold one we're not even entirely sure if many of them are any good defenders but but two they have to be <laughs> they, they don't fit at all into what Posta Cogley wants to do in terms of like, so none of them look... Well, Carter Vickers t- looks all right, I guess. Uh, but even then, he doesn't look exactly... He doesn't look exactly like Christopher Iyer, put it that way. Uh, in terms of playing the ball for the back, both centre-halves don't look particularly great at it. And then you've got the fullbacks. Now, Celtic... The fullbacks of Celtic are probably the weakest area of the team, even maybe even weaker than the centre-halves. And that's really bad because... The way that Postacoglia plays where these guys are being asked to move inside as inverted fullbacks and play almost as centre midfielders and then kind of allow the centre midfielders to split out. For those, I mean, it's kind of helped Ralston. I think Ralston's been better this season in that system than he would have been otherwise, but he's still not that great. I I think it's fair to say he's come back to earth a little bit since his great start at the beginning of the campaign. And you're really wanting... You, for Posse system to work perfectly or to work it's kind of optimum you need those guys you need the fullbacks to be two of the better players in the team not the weakest and I mean if you're comparing Celtic to Rangers it's like it's wild like you can almost I mean it's probably probably not quite as clear cut but I think a lot of Rangers fans would certainly argue that they've got four fullbacks that are better than Celtic's best fullback <laughs> Like, uh, and that's a it's it's a big issue that's not really going to go away. But I do just have, I do just have a little bit more faith than you do that they will start to put together results and start to steamroll some teams at least and get themselves up into at least the, the top the top three. The, top
1: four. <laughs> uh, the 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 one thing I would say, I think you're right in terms of like it's very clear from watching Celtic what their plan is. It's very, you never get the sense of watching them and thinking like. There a shambles the way you did last season where you're like what is Lenin sending them out to do at the very least whether the tactics are right whether the players are right but you do get the sense that what they're trying to do is clear and obvious and I would say that, that you know the inverted fullbacks it's a phrase I have to say i never heard before and I was confused at the start of the season when I heard they were playing it I was like what are they playing the, the left back at, right back and vice versa because that's what if you think inverted wingers it's usually a right winger on the left and so on it makes it. I mean, inverted really means infield, and that makes sense. But you saw that with Montgomery for the goal. Uh, Abou the right hand side got completely bamboozled by Montgomery's position. I think that he takes up. He comes. He, he appeals from a kind of infield midfield role, and that's what gave him all that space. Because you see, Calvin Ramsey tucking in. Um, it, I think it's Turnbull that he's following, and he, he tucks right in with Turnbull, and then Johnny Hayes has Montgomery. Kind of coming up towards them, but also I think it's Jota on the outside of him It might not have been Jota, but it was someone. And Johnny Hayes makes the decision.
0: It was, um, was yeah, Kyogo.
1: Kyogo. Oh, yeah, it was. Sorry, you're right. Um, I thought he'd shifted out to that side at that point. Hayes makes a curious decision rather than picking one of them to track, to just stand still and let them both go. Um, I mean, it's like I, I could understand if he track Kyogo's run and, and, and expected because I think he did expect he, he was pointing at Ramsey ahead of the move to to get out to to Montgomery. And I could understood if if Hayes had followed Kyogo's run, you go right. Well, he's tried something. He's he's kind of tracking a man, whatever. Technically, the fullback's your man, Johnny, but you have to shift things around and all that. But to just stand there, let them both go, it looks absolutely terrible defensively and then Montgomery's got all the, all the time in the world in the, and it's a wonderfully weighted pass across because it's very easy to lash at those balls. Plenty of fullbacks would have done that. So for all the criticism I've given him defensively, like that was a really nice contribution and he has contributed a couple of times in an in attacking sense. I think it's, it's probably his, his strength, but he's a level below what's needed, but nonetheless he, he plays it across and, and it's well tucked away. And Tom Rogic made the difference coming off the bench. He's a player that's able to pick that little pass and he was able to just, the way he moves with the ball, you don't see many any other players. It's so upright. And yeah, he he added a little bit when it looked like it was all kind of falling apart a bit for Celtic. So it, it's a very difficult game to analyse, I would say, because there were so many parts to it, so much incompetence and amongst so much like really good play. And yeah, that that but that, as I say, that at least that, quirk of their tactics does work in some ways.
0: No, I agree with your point about Rogic. I think there was two occasions kind of the goal kind of came about like this as well but there was two occasions before then kind of in the minutes preceding it where Celtic played a number of passes like going for side to side but doing so kind of like within 30 yards of Aberdeen's goal and kind of pinning them back and you're used to seeing that from Celtic When they play somebody like Aberdeen, even as somebody as good as Aberdeen, you used to seeing that for a lot of the game. And that stood out to me because I was like, shit, I think this is the first time they've done this all half. Like they really didn't kind of match that kind of, I mean, dominance would maybe be a little bit too strong for the first half performance, but certainly the kind of team that was on top. But the second half, Aberdeen came out much better. Uh, They looked... They were they were maybe a bit too passive in the opening forty five minutes. So the second half they kind of up their intensity off the ball. I thought they took more chances on it. They were less kind of lazy and just kind of maybe try to go direct to Ramirez. That even when they did that, started to actually work a wee bit better as well. But they managed to they were playing more kind of passes through the lines and attempting more like that and it kind of gave them more of a foothold in the game. But Celtic really kind of struggled in that that second period until Rogic's introduction and then they were able to start kind of penning Aberdeen back in a little bit, with Aberdeen still showing a bit more threat than they had in the, the opening half on the, on the kind of, at the other end. But that was, that definitely kind of took the play up a notch. But let's say, uh, let's move to Aberdeen. So they could be, I think the second half performance in particular, they could be pretty uh, happy with it. And because, I mean, it's a Celtic team that's, yes, it's, it's wounded. Uh, so you're maybe thinking you missed a great chance to, you know, to stick the knife in further. But at the same time, they do have a number of great players. They're, they're still fancied to win the game. They're still odds-on to win the game. And you, second half especially, gave it a good go and, and shown maybe that there's there's some kind of green shoots of recovery for them as well. But then again, they're down in ninth place and of defeat's a defeat and pressure is increasing further still on Stephen
1: Glass. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand what he thinks he's doing with a centre-back pairing. Like, it's like Pedro Cacchina's Rangers what was absolutely terrible about them let's uh, let's chuck them both in uh, together Um, because it felt like it was either Bates or McCrory for a long time or one of the centre-halves in that team and neither of them neither of them really coped with that and again yes Aberdeen is a step down from what's expected of Rangers or definitely Aberdeen now is but that period, David Bates just isn't good. I, I've said that forever. I just don't rate him at all. I don't think he's a good defender. You saw him for the goal. Absolutely no clue where Kyogo was. McCrory has lots of the things that could make a good centre half. Like you see Jack Hendry or something. He's not a million miles away from that type of player. But he's been much better in midfield and Aberdeen could do with him in midfield. But they never they never addressed the center Constantine, Considine, who yes, he's a physical guy and all that, but Considine's a wee bit of a more cerebral centre half. He thinks about the game a little bit. If he's the one that goes out injured, why are you not replacing him with like someone a bit more similar to him rather than Bates, who's your more like Gallagher-like centre half. And I know Gallagher's not exactly made a great start there, but he's better than Bates. Um so there's just there's just a lot going on there. And then you saw in the second half what I think they are good at, which is um, playing, under, playing in tight spaces, passing the ball around, working openings, as in, and when I say working openings, I mean it very loosely, working the ball out of tight spaces and in defence into positions where you have midfielders and attackers facing the opponent's goal, which I think is, is hard to do sometimes. That's, that can be a challenge. What they haven't done and what they didn't do enough, again, was really create clear cut chances. They, they did have some chances. I think the, the Hayes one that you mentioned was the, the most obvious one where I think a, a better striker than Ramirez um finishes that in the in the rebound. But yet again, for all the for all the nice play that they, they did put together in that period, they weren't peppering Joe Hart with shots. They had some chances. And again, yeah, Celtic and all that, but that defense was there to be got at and Hayes he certainly realised that because he, I thought, had, from an attacking point of view, a really good um, second half against Montgomery. Um, but yeah, I didn't see a lot that they should be positive about from yesterday's game, if I'm honest, because I think even though, yeah, you can say it's Celtic, it, it's not Brendan Rodgers Celtic and it's probably not even Neil Lennon Celtic of 2019-20. Yeah, it's, it's probably slightly better than Neil Lennon Celtic of last season, but that wouldn't be hard. And yeah, as much as you can say the decision to get rid of McInnes was probably the right time I felt like this was inevitable when he left it was, they were never going to get someone as good as him because there haven't been managers as good as him like so it's kind of what you expect from Aberdeen and what they have to just make sure they do is that they fall kind of stops at 7th or 8th or 6th and not 10th 11th and you know there has to be a risk of that because once you start losing it's very easy to keep losing and it a team that plays the way they do is much more likely to just completely the arse fall out of it whereas if you're grinding things and all that you know you'll pick up the point here and there but playing like that and being that open and being that poor defensively you don't get you don't necessarily get the points and so I don't know I mean yeah I feel like you were you were thinking uh, uh, something more positive for them but I, I'm not sure I had much positive for, to say about them
0: I oh, know that's fair that is fair um, I, I still think we should respect the opponent, like, even if it's a Celtic team in very poor form, it's, it's a Celtic team with very good attacking players and, and like I said, they were still fancy to win the game. So, yeah, I mean, I still don't think that Steven Glass... But the weird thing because at the start of the season I thought they looked really good and, like, I thought they'd drawn up quite a good game plan to, to go with the kind of players that he'd signed and it was... It was almost like... To me, it almost felt like they've added too many men kind of at the end of the window... And he doesn't really know how to fit them all in now. Like he knew he kind of had a system for fitting these guys in when the initial seven were signed. And now he doesn't look like he does. And so yeah. he still might figure it out. I'm not completely thinking that he's definitely the wrong man for the job. And this is going to continue for most of the rest of the season where they're going to struggle and be lucky to finish top six. But it's also, I'm not better against that either.
1: <laughs> you, you, you just look at. Are Rangers better than them? Yes. Are Celtic better than them? Yes. Are Hearts better than them? Yes. Are Hibs better than them? Yes. Are St Johnston better than them? I think so. Are Mullerwell better than them? I think so. That's immediately think, out of the top I six, think, right?
0: I think they've got. I think they've got the potential. If he manages that, if it manages to figure out a system that kind of worked out as well at the start of the season as it does with the kind of extra players are brought in, I, they still have the deficit of a better ceiling than Motherwell and St Johnston.
1: I, I agree with that. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't get, I know, I've, I, I don't want to be a broken record on him. I don't get good vibes off glass at all. Hey,
0: I just wanted to mention one thing before we move on. It was about the defence. You kind of, you pulled up bait for the opening goal. I think McCrory's really poor as well because he really doesn't recognise the danger out wide when Turnbull goes to take the quick throw in because Turnbull recognises he's got a two on one against young Jack McKenzie and McCrory's just there and he could come over and help stop the cross but he just kind of drifts back into the box and really does nothing because he's, he's yeah. no, there was no Celtic player there for him to mark. It's really kind of poor like anticipation, positioning, whatever you want to call it in terms of defensive and He should be recognising that that's, that's what he needs to do at that moment, but he didn't and they got beat. From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC... It's review from the terrace, a pop culture podcast network. Hello
1: and welcome to the Still Game podcast. My name is Bethany Tenick Hello and
0: welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable. Hello and welcome to Review from the Turnbuckle, debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows, classic albums, peak era wrestling, and so much more. Some intern got fired for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> be like Jared. And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it. What a moment. What a moment. <laughs> review from the Terrace brings together a collection of professionals, pals, misfits and special guest interviews The one
1: and only Ewan Angus
0: G Telfer,
1: director of Steel Games, Michael Hines
0: That's Review From The Terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week I know, well, Good to see you man, good to see you man Been <laughs> no a long time man Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of this It's about 35 <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts Right, we where to, have where to go now. Where have to go now. Uh, what would be boring? and Do Rangers and Celtic right at the top? Yeah, let's do it. Everybody's talking about this bloody foul anyway, so we might as well do it. Right, Rangers 2, Hibs 1. Rangers go back to the top of the league. Again, another performance, which isn't all that convincing as they have to come from a, a goal down to beat Hibs, and Hibs had 10 men for... Like over an hour it was in this game eh, after Ryan Poach was sent off that's what everybody's talking about on social media today Craig was it a red card?
1: At, at the very least it's, it's a borderline decision I, I can't understand when people are like oh it's not even a foul it, I, I think it's a red card personally I wouldn't say it's like a nailed on definite red card it's like you know 6 I'll try to you know, put 60-40 on it if you look at the things that you're looking at a red card is he out of control? Absolutely, he's out of control with that tackle. As, uh, the pace of the tackle is very, very high. Now, you can understand the pace of the tackle being high because he's trying to get across to stop a, a, an attack. So you you can take that as mitigation, but it doesn't really matter. The one things that, the things that maybe count against it being a red is he doesn't make a great deal of contact um, with Aribo. Um it, it is a genuine attempt to play the ball. I don't think there's any doubt about that. So you're kind of balancing these things out, but I've, I've said it over and again. Like when you're someone like Potis and he's worked really hard, I would say deliberately to kind of cultivate this image of being a hard man, of being you know aggressive, of being all that. And you've seen him specifically doing it in games involving Rangers quite a lot.
0: Well, I actually wrote about this recently. I think he's kind of calmed it down about this season. I've not seen him go wild into many tackles, and so it, it was obviously. Um, Typical that I wrote it last week And the first game but after I, that It was flying in
1: <laughs> I was out a run this morning Craig And I was listening to the stats thing That you and, uh, you and Joel did And, and there, was, uh, there was at least two or three things That were said across that That I was like In, in light of this weekend's football Were quite amusing But uh, that, that was one of them I think one of you was talking about um, Yeah I'm toning it down and all that um, but, but yeah it's, So that's, that's all kind of things That play a part there in one thing I would say is like we've been talking this week, and, and God forbid, like I hope it doesn't happen, but they're obviously talking about VAR coming in and stuff like that. VAR would have made no difference there. There's not a chance VAR is overturning that decision because there is enough about it for it not to be a clear and obvious error.
0: Yeah.
1: If if it turned out that Ryan Potus had not touched the rebound was actually sliding in on the ground and all of that then fair enough, but it wasn't, it was high, it was fast. Some referees would have given a red, some might not have done and so VR would have been, would have made absolutely no difference to that decision whatsoever therefore it's, it shouldn't come into the discussion and, and that's part of the reason again, people think it's going to magically improve Scottish football or something like that, it's not, most of the decisions are going to be the same and they're still going to be endless carping about them for me, it's 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 a really stupid challenge, first and foremost, because you can talk about, and, and I, I don't necessarily buy into this, but if you genuinely believe as a football fan that when you go to Ibrox and Parkhead, the refs are out to get you and the refs are wanting to, you know, when you go 1-0 up, they want to even up, they want to get Rangers or Celtic back into the game. If that's the mindset that you actually have, well, don't give them an easy excuse to do so by, by making a challenge like that. It wasn't, it was a dangerous attack, but it wasn't an attack that required that type of challenge. It was kind of going a bit wide and all of that type of stuff. So for me, it's just, it's just really rash and really stupid. And as I say, I I think some days he might have got away with a yellow, but it's it's not, for for me, I think it's a red.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as you. I kind of thought, like, for me, it kind of came down to, was there, much contact. So I wasn't sure there was any contact at all, but the stays down for a bit and needs kind of physio treatment. Now that's that's not like that could easily be, you know, playing it up kind of thing. But you know, typically the red card's already out. You can just stay down for a little bit. Like you then get up and limp around.
1: Like there's, no, there's, there's no opposing fans in the ground. You don't need to bother. I know. They, I- only, ever, they only ever do it for that reason. I try <laughs> and avoid getting booed. <laughs>
0: So, like, and he was down for a couple of minutes, like, as well. Like, there was at least a minute. So there was a wee bit of treatment going on there. So I think he's maybe caught him slightly where he's just kind of nicked him where he studs or something. Uh, and that would be a, that would be enough because of the way he goes in with the rest of the... If he doesn't make any contact at all, then it's not... Then, yeah, they've maybe got a point in saying that I think the referee would still give a foul for kind of dangerous play, but it wouldn't be a red card. But if there is just a slight bit of contact in the way he's gone in, then I think it is a red card because he has gone in very heavy. He's gone in, he's gone in clearly above the ball. But it's just, the argument online is just so tedious. It's like, like it's just just everybody with confirmation bias, really. Like, Rangers fans are adamant it's like the worst foul ever because they're looking at the arm, camera angles behind each of the goals where you should see his kind of straight leg out in front and obviously do new sc- screenshots to, to make it look even worse. Uh, but then or fans are looking at the angles that are kind of more side on, but it doesn't even look like a foul. So it's like they're both yeah. just taking each one and going, I I would prefer this to be the case. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, look at this and go and say, right, this is the definitive the one hundred percent, I'm just gonna ignore the rest.
1: Which is yeah, it's it's par for the course, I think. And it's uh, yeah. I, I almost instinctively cringe every time I see a player getting sent off for a penalty game given in a game involving Rangers or Celtic, whether it's for or against them, because you just know. It's going to dominate for like the next couple of days, and oh, it's just God, going to be bad, bad take after bad take. And
0: it was that episode it, of uh Sports Sound where they talked about uh Rangers getting a penalty against Motherwell for like 40 minutes or something.
1: And, and it's sometimes even like a, I, I don't remember the one you're talking about, but it can be like when they're 3 0 up or something, they like, say who cares. But the I think uh, Rangers
0: ended up winning that game about 7 0 or
1: something, yeah. <laughs> it's the the problem is it then det- detracts from the cases where there is a genuinely rotten decision because it's like the boy that cried wolf, isn't it? You're just, mm-hmm. You've just you got nowhere, nowhere left to go if you're doing a 40-minute sports sound special and a penalty in a 7-0 defeat. Um, yeah, more more generally on the game, I think it's really frustrating for Hibs, but it's, it's kind of in keeping with their character over the last two or three years. They simply cannot do give them give themselves nice things it's like go one nil up at ibrox rangers are absolutely there for the taking i mean you you know that from from the way they've been playing and stuff like that and and their form has not been good they have a couple of half chances i think the one when boyle gets played through and you think he's maybe going going to get on the end of it if he gets on that and you know and makes it to it it's it's a big difference and then they, they self-destruct and have self-destructed so often um, in these big games. Um, you, you can look back through several of them last season. And then and then it's that kind of, yeah, they're doing this kind of poor us act and it it wears off very quickly. They are To me, Jack Ross is turning into Derek McInnes 2.0 in that respect. He'll finish third. It's probably a really good achievement. He's clearly a very good manager, but he won't get the big results because time and again, there's a mentality issue.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's a good point. One thing I wanted to bring up for this game was kind of Jack Ross's use of the kind of Hibbs formation after the red card. So I was kind of I was curious as to what they'd do because usually most teams go four four one, and I think that uh, Stuart I think we've kind of it's been showed in, in recent years the best thing to do is to go four three two. But Hibbs obviously started with the with the back three, so he we actually went five two two to start with, um, with Cadden still remaining, Caden and Doig still remaining as the wing backs, and he would. He left Nisbet and Boyle up top with Doyle Hayes and Newell in behind. And then he changed it for the start of the second half. And he went to a 4-3-2. And it was a bit, I thought it was a bit curious. And I can only think that he thought, with Rangers' pressure, even if we defend well in the players they have, they're likely to get a goal or two goals or whatever. So we need to maybe be doing a bit more in attack. So we maybe need somebody else in a central position to support the attack. Because there wasn't really much to kind of help boil in this bit because the, the two centre midfielders had to do a kind of lot of a lot of work kind of defensively. And obviously, kind of, especially if you're down to ten men, you're protecting a goal, Cadden, and, and Doig weren't really getting that forward up as much as they were early in the game. So I kind of wondered if that was the reason. But then it was quite clear from the start of the second half. And I don't I don't I didn't really have enough time to to properly analyse to see whether this was the formation or whether it was just kind of Rangers stepping up again. But Rangers were much better after the start of the second half, like right out the gate. they the pen Tibbs back for, for long periods and really kind of put a lot of balls in the box, asked a lot of questions to the defence. And then Jack saw this and he changed it back again. He went back to the five-two-two, 2 but he did so just before the equaliser. And Cadden is the one that's kind of closest to roof to start with, it looks like he's picking up Roof, but then doesn't. And he's kind of more preoccupied with keeping his eye on, I think it must have been Barisic and Areebo, who were still in the wing. Now, there's problems with other parts of the defence. Hanlon tells Newell to to track the run of Hadji and doesn't, and that kind of freezes Hanlon, so he can't drop back to where he was beside McGregor. But even then, I'm not entirely sure whether he would have got back in time anyway to allow McGregor to then switch on the roof, because McGregor's watching Morelos and that just allows, after Caden vacates roof, that allows roof to be free, but I wonder whether that just changes the formation once again, maybe kind of played a little bit, maybe kind of confused the defence, or especially confused Caden, and that kind of brought about
1: the goal Yeah, and, and you're right, I mean Cadden's the player whose role changes biggest has the biggest change when they shift that about, do you know what I mean? If you're Paul getting and you're being asked to kind of shift from a right-hand centre-half to a right right back position it's not really a big move but when you're cadding and you're basically occupying the full wide part of the pitch and then the centre and then the wide part and so on it, it's bound to have an effect because yeah you're, you're even the most kind of astute player and the most kind of cerebral player who thinks about the game a lot is going to struggle to work out where they're meant to be, who they're tracking and all that and yeah I mean Rangers bringing on, bringing on Roof makes a difference as well in terms of just changing the, the threat that's there but yeah it's I think it's really disappointing. I think if you're down to ten, and you get worked around, you know, passes side to side, and they, and they just build an opening and stuff, you go fair enough. But yeah, the 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 nature of both the goals they lost, I think, is really frustrating because all three goals in the game actually come from like really poorly defended crosses, and it's not what you expect to see. I guess like with two such high level teams.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. The Aussie goals are pretty, pretty poor. Is there anything to say about Rangers before we move on? It's just the same, isn't it? They're gonna ground out another one.
1: It was nice. It was nice to see Patterson getting a game because one one of the concerns I've had is that he, I felt like this was going to be a season for him. He's you know been in the Euro squad if he wants to be, and, and fingers crossed we get there. And the, you know they the starting right back at the World Cup, which is a, a possibility now. At this point, he needs to start getting games under his belt and. So far this season, yeah, he had he had COVID and stuff, but he, I think I think that's his first start in the league this season, unless I'm mistaken. And it, it would have been a worry that when he did play, he was he was okay? Um there were still some issues with him, I would say. But the quality of the cross is really good for that goal, and he he did start to show a little bit because he's he's got players, he's got you know, we talked about Calvin Ramsey coming up. The inside of him now as well there's, there's pressure at both ends in terms of him wanting to get in the Scotland team and the Rangers team of course and also wanting to keep his place in the squad and that whole thing is, um, is kind of it was good I was pleased to see him getting a start and I don't know whether it was well I can't have been resting players and I mean unless the opposite of thinking you know Tavernier was knackered from the amount of games he has played and stuff but for him to be given the nod in a big game I think is, is a promising sign for the season ahead for him
0: yeah, and also the Rangers can kind annoy of me Gerard ways kind of like like derisory I don't know what, what the exact word it was like derisory bid for Patterson from Everton when they bid 5 million and I think they also did an also bid 8 as well and that was rejected yeah. It was like, well, if you're going to turn down 8 million pounds for uh, for your right back maybe give him a game I know you've got a captain and arguably your best player at right back but I mean, you could maybe do a wee bit more rotation
1: but but you wouldn't get 8 million for Tavernier, I don't think. Like I think you would. Th- like that would be your limit. Do you know what I mean? You're all not right. talking. And I know you're buying the, the finished article with him, and you're buying the the potential with him. But it's kind of like you. It's it's a hard player to displace. But it's also not like James Tavernier is like one of the best players in the Scottish Premiership of the last decade or anything. If you if Nathan Patterson is supposed to be, I don't think he is. I don't think he. I think he'd be a good player and he'd play for Scotland and all that, or like more for Scotland. I don't think he's a world class talent or a, or even close to it. But if that was the case, then someone like James Tavernier is not an obstacle. You should be able to you shouldn't be able to dislodge, if you know what I mean. Um so I think it's good to see him see him playing. Um and it bodes well that perhaps he, he will be rotated in a bit more.
0: Right, let's uh, move on for this game. We're gonna run out of time there, so we're gonna have to kind of move a bit quicker. So Johnson against Dundee. You watched this one. I've seen the highlights.
1: Yeah, it was a difficult game to watch for uh, not 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 really because of the football, but because they were both on the same color strip. <laughs> uh, so that was that was a challenge. Like, probably in person, it, it, you wouldn't even have noticed. You know what I mean? But on the TV, it was kind of dark blue against light blue, and. I'm sure they played in these strips in this match for years, like before TV was a thing and all that, and and these clashes weren't an issue. But it did make it a wee bit difficult to follow, I've got to say, Um, especially obviously I was watching on Scout and it's a lot of the wide cam you're watching on. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that caught my eye from the game. Um, A couple of interesting things for St Johnston was O'Halloran playing right wing back. And I think we've talked about it a little bit more. You get a little bit more of what you would call out-and-out wingers Beginning to play wing back, and it's because the position as a wing back now you are more an attacking player than you are a defensive one. I thought he did really well in that role. I think he's been pretty good for the last probably this year, yeah, the whole of 2021. It's been a good year for Halloran. And when you thought he was maybe on his way out, and it's another way to use that squad, it's another option that they've given themselves. James Brown's out. Rooney's playing centre-back because I think um, God Gordon's not available either. McCart um, was suspended, so you're looking at having to completely, you know, that back three of last season. None of them are there, but he's got Rooney, Ambrose and Donker instead. Didn't have many issues. Um, Donker was, I mean, he, he was making his debut. He was quiet. I, I wouldn't have noticed anything that he did, if you know what I mean, good or bad. Ambrose was excellent and um, I think the, the back three suits him perfectly you saw that uh, Hibbs in particular when he played in that he, he stood out was surprised it didn't work for him at Levy um, but I think he's definitely going to be a good player for Saints this season um, they, they were by far the better team um, it, it did feel like a matter of time this is a, I think it's the worst I've seen for the first hour anyway the worst I've seen, seen from Dundee this season I didn't see the game when they got absolutely slaughtered at Celtic Park but Beyond that, I think it's the poorest I've seen them play. When they got the goal back, they they then actually did turn it on a bit and actually had a pretty good chance to make it 3-2, which had that gone in... You never, I was going to say, you never know what happened. You do know what happened. They probably made it 3-3 three, three each and then lost 5-3 anyway, but <laughs> um, they, there were some, some things at that point, but the game was obviously gone. The biggest issue... I think I've said it before, Let's Dundee have is the uh, fullback positions. Um you have still got Cammy Kerr in twenty twenty one starting premiership games as a wing back, not good enough. Jordan Martell. I was say, Marshall,
0: still, say still starting Liam Fontaine at centre back in twenty twenty one is a bit of an issue.
1: Yes, that, that too. And, and I mean the defence it's a bit ragtag. Sweeney looks okay, I think, um, but yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit thrown together in Jordan Marshall. Um, I think is really good going forward. I, I like watching him, but he got he got found out a little bit. The two of the goals at least came down his side. Eh, both of Kane's goals in the first half. So there is a a few of these types of things that I think would be a worry for Dundee. One thing I will say is, regardless of whether Dundee go up or down, I would expect Jordan McGee to still be a Premiership player next season. I've really liked watching him at the tail. I, I've really apart from when he was running the midfield which relegated my own club I've really enjoyed watching him since the kind of tail end of last season when he's moved into that position and I thought he had a pretty pretty good game and what was a, a tough task for him um, so yeah that, that, it's an interesting game actually in um, St Johnston, you can see are starting I think I think we kind of all thought they would but they're starting to they, they won't be as good as last season obviously with the quality they've lost but they're starting to show that you know they're probably going to be at least battling for the top six, which is what you've kind of come to expect from them in the last decade, really.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, we all we'll kind of just thought that St Johnson were eventually going to kind of get their, their act together. Even, there was a, I suppose it was a tiny bit of worry we kind of losing uh, a couple of very kind of valuable players. But, and I mean... <laughs> People say, like, oh, they have signed very well to get Ali Crawford in as a replacement for Alan McCann. Like, he's that good a replacement, but he's fine. We know he's fine for this level, and they'll move into that system. He won't give them exactly the same player McCann, but he'll give them something, and that'll be enough. And the same with kind of like the defence as well. Like, nobody's going to be as good as Kerr, but if you can, like, do it in this game, playing Rooney, yeah, because Rooney, because part of Kerr's. I don't think Rooney's as good as a defender as Kerr. Well, he certainly isn't. He's good a defender as Kerr. But part of Kerr's kind of ability and why he's so good for St. Johnson is also kind of bring bringing the ball out from the back, from that right sided centre back. Rooney can do it as well. And we saw with the opening goal, Rooney played a, a great pass, uh, which freed, um, I would assume, I think it was a Hatlin uh, in the build up to that goal. So, yeah, I think St. Johnson are going to be, yeah, top six. It's a, crowded, it's a crowded marketplace, but they'll give it a go.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's eight teams that could finish in the top six, I think, and, and they're definitely one of them. And we mentioned for Liam Craig and setting the new appearance record for St Johnston, which is is it even more impressive when you consider uh, they obviously had to wee spell away from uh, Hibs in the middle of that. Um, 34 now, he's probably still got a couple of years in him as a squad player there. And so I think it was 442, you wouldn't be too surprised to see him maybe get to 500. Um, it's, it's certainly possible, I would say. Uh,
0: is, is Lee Griffiths the saviour for Dundee?
1: Uh, well, he wasn't playing here, so the answer would be no. Um,
0: no I mean, when he's back, and he says,
1: right. um, When will he be back, though? It could be a long time. Um, the I I thought he, I thought the game I watched where he did play. What was the game? Livingston. Yeah, did they did, did they draw with Livingston? I can't remember. I watched a game of them recently. Um, Probably. I don't
0: think they've won. So
1: yeah, well, they've not won. yet yeah, so they definitely didn't win. I don't think they lost either. It might have been a draw. I can't remember. Anyway, they, um, the game I watched of him, I thought well, he was... Well, Livy and they won either, so... <laughs> it. It. They they must a
0: oh, no, they did beat Celtic. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: but I, was, I think it was nil-nil, the game. And
0: because um, Livy have, have only got four points.
1: Uh, it was a good... I thought he played quite well in that game, and he had a lot of shots, and so if he can keep having a lot of shots, you never know, because if you have a lot of shots, you'll, you'll score some of them.
0: Aye, he's going to need to have a lot of shots... Uh, same with him, and if they can figure out a way to put him and Cummins in the team again because there's two getting uh, quote unquote goal scorers I say quote unquote because Cummins, there's not a huge amount of evidence at the top flight level or at any decent level. Um, but if they can get them to and they can figure out a way to work, they're, they're probably going to need it because that, as we've just already mentioned, that defense is just it's
1: a pish, isn't it? Yeah, that's just there's just a lack of quality,
0: right? Uh, somewhere that there's not a lack of quality, Tidecastle. <laughs>
1: I'll just be quiet and let you talk now Craig because I think you've been choking to talk about this Hearts team.
0: Yeah I've not really had the chance yet have I uh, yeah I like I didn't even think they were that great on Saturday. I thought that I thought the Motherwell, so Motherwell came with their usual formation the, the 4-3-3 so that gave him an extra man advantage in the center of the park although saying that Mikey Smith is kind of uh, I don't know what he's turned at recently but he's he's almost kind of played like ange ball as well because when he's attacking, he's not going down the line as much and he's he's kind of driving inside a lot and it seems to be be working really well. So I suppose he does give them an extra man in the middle at times. But other than that, I kind of thought that it was hard for Hearts to kind of dominate position in the areas they wanted to because of kind of Motherwell's work rate off the ball and uh, due to the fact they had three kind of industrious midfielders in the centre against two Hearts ones. So you've kind of, when you're kind of Comparing and contrasting, they, they were always going kind to of have, kind of have a slight advantage in, in there. Hearts still managed to do well for themselves in that area, despite the, the kind of one man down because uh, Benny Waringamy and Cammy Devlin are both so good <laughs> that they can do the work of yeah. probably four men, let alone three. So there was that. I also thought that the front three didn't really function that well. I thought Boyce had a very good first half before kind of really dropping out of it in the second period. Ben Woodburn was pretty quiet. other than a couple of moments that made the kind of sports scene highlights Mackay thought he had a good first half he was another one that kind of faded in the second half they didn't really link up as much as I would have kind of liked the front three to do or at least as they have done in other games so I think those are things that can be improved upon and also as well the defence is still missing Souter Taylor Moore had another decent game but he's not quite John Souter and then Craig Halkin went off as well which forced Stephen Kingsley who was having an excellent game at left-sided centre-back in the the centre of the defence where he was kind of less um, kind of less productive there so there's a few things that kind of went wrong and yet Hearts won the game fairly comfortably and uh, are certainly helped out by Liam Kelly
1: Yeah, I mean that that first penalty, I mean first of all it's, it's so ludicrously rash however a, uh, being rash doesn't make it a penalty did, did they actually hit him? I, I wasn't think convinced did.
0: I, think did. I thought it was a dive at the game but look at it again on the look at it again on the highlights I think he catches his trailing leg I think Boyce is looking for it, and he might already be on his way down, but I think Kelly catches that trillion leg because he doesn't pull out the challenge quickly enough. Um, yeah, stupid thing to do. Just let, him go, just let him literally run the ball out the park, which is it's like the only weird. thing he was going to do in this situation.
1: And in, in the free kick, like I've uh, I've seen him criticising, he should be criticised for the free kick, but I can kind of understand that because I think he is genuinely puzzled he's he's trying to work out whether Woodburn or um, Kingsley's going to hit the free kick and so he's kind of almost in his mind going between them are going to have to go left or right here and so I think it's so natural to then if Kingsley hits it you're expecting it to go left the way he moves originally initially so it's almost like he's thinking right if Woodburn hits this I'm going right if Kingsley hits this I'm going left and then he sees Kingsley hitting it so he goes left even though the ball's gone right. Um, and then he looks really stupid. But there's, that's exactly because it's not used very well by teams a lot, but that kind of wee bit of misdirection around who's taking the free kick works really nice. And I think Levine is someone, uh, Levine, uh, Nielsen, he's he's like mini Levine anyway, but he's uh, someone who will put a lot of time into set pieces and things like that. And, and so they're the types of things that you would expect. Hearts will have that wee edge on. And yeah, I, I thought that was quite... Even though it's just quite a simple misdirection, I think it's quite nicely done and I think it does contribute to the goal. Yeah, and to,
0: to kind of talk about hearts as well, to big them up a bit more than I kind of have uh, so far, is that just talk about Benny and, and Cammy Devlin, like the two of them in the centre, it's kind of was the case for Haran and, and Benny early on the campaign. It's just having two guys like that who are just such got great poise on the football always seem to find a man of Hart's hearts top can, Benny especially, he's just got those snake hips where he can, can just kind of wriggle away from pressure and both of them are just excellent at kind of winning the ball back and stopping the other team and it just creates this wall that kind of makes it impossible for opponents to play through hearts and then you've got the back three as well, all in really kind of good form, even the guys that are subbing in, like so I mean you talk about the first choice back three is probably Suter Halkett and, and Kingsley but then Cochrane can play left wing, uh, left centre back when he does, he's, he's solid there as well. Moore, when he plays in the right, he's solid. Like there's there's no and even in the midfield as well, Heron came on for the last 10 minutes and actually done a pretty good job. That was at the point in the game where Motherwell were really starting to increase the pressure and look like they could get a goal back and make it a really kind of interesting last eight minutes, and there was five minutes injury time as well. So that would have been a bit a bit hair-raising. But he came on, made a couple of big challenges. Like, which kind of re-energised the crowd a little bit and probably re-energised the team and also won a couple of good fouls as well kind of smart fouls like Stephen Presley-esque fouls uh, which also took the pressure off and uh, kind of stopped Motherwell's momentum and it's just hearts are going to the, the challenge is still going to be so the, the last two games have scored five goals at home so that's kind of what you want to see that he's still starting with these as I was complaining in the campaign these kind of wing backs that are a bit more defensive minded uh, than your your kind of average as you were saying your your wing backs you'll see a lot these days of wingers playing there these guys are certainly not that but when they are playing at home even though these guys are kind of defensive minded he's given them freedom Smith especially to attack as much as he wants so he's still got those sensibilities so he still kind of helps the defence be solid but he is getting forward to support if that could continue to work um, and because otherwise if it doesn't you are relying on just three players to really create stuff and if they have games like they did on Saturday where none of them play particularly brilliantly I, th- I don't think any of them played badly but I don't think any of them were that great either then you might struggle to break down teams a little bit more so that's still a little bit of a concern for me but I'm less I'm certainly much more less concerned with that than the last time I talked about this Hearts team and I was like and I was basically saying like when, when Hearts play Motherwell 11 at home you're going to have to play somebody a bit more attacking on either flank He's not done that so far, and so far
1: he's proven me wrong. Okay, I'll put you on the line, Craig. What date are Hearts going to seal the title? <laughs> April, March. <laughs> don't don't. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I mean, I, I've been really impressed. I've been uh, from from what I've seen. I, I think I had question marks about Nielsen at this level in terms of like. He did well the last time, but this team seems to just be much better to watch than that one was.
0: Yeah, they certainly are. Uh, But I mean, the the team last time was quite fun to watch to begin with. Um, And then it kind of, after Seoul was sold, the football got a bit worse. It was weird though, his second season, like when, before he was, before he left, that was really weird because we had the number of games. I think we drew two games, three all the way for home, and I had like two two old draws at home like before and he left in November so we're like racking up loads of goals in our games but they weren't good to watch it was, it was
1: quite bizarre so we should just be blocking off all uh, all transfer bids from I was going to say China is that where I still went to um, yes. from, for Liam Boyce and you'll be alright uh, and Benny and Benny <laughs> we'll wait and see
0: he's been is it, is it that wild to say he's been the best midfielder in the league so far this season
1: you, you would definitely say Celtic could do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if they're not in in January with some ridiculously low bid. Uh, right. Uh, I should probably just talk briefly about Motherwell before we move on. We're kind of running out of time. We've still got two games to mention. Um, but I should say, Motherwell, I, th- I think this was just a bit of a. They kind of got themselves in a hole with uh, Kelly's two mistakes. And like the front three weren't great up until kind of just before the end of the half. What had that shot and then that chance, which was a better chance than I could kind have of gave it credit for after seeing it on the on the highlights, that was a really good opportunity when he just was just kind of in front of goal. And he, if he catches it if he catches it properly, he scores. And um, so there was that they were a bit better in the second half. Woolery came into the game a bit more. Van Veen didn't really do too much. What what got busier as the game got on? But kind of it's just kind of one of those things that they dug themselves in a hole, two goals down, you know, the, the makeup of their team they were still, you know, starting with a you know, that kind of industrious midfield three. It was going to be hard for them. You basically needed the the forward line to really kind of create something special. Otherwise, they weren't going to get back in it because they just weren't really enough kind of creative players to get through that heart system. But they gave it a good go. They had periods of pressure in the second half. They did have a couple of, a few chances. Wouldn't be too disheartened if it was Mother One. I think that was what Graham Alexander was like after the game. You know, it's a way for home to a difficult side they lost a couple of other goals but they continued fighting um, on another day they might have been able to, to make things interesting for Hearts uh, but it's it's nothing to get too downbeat about after their very impressive run <laughs> right let's uh, move on to what's the other game you watched oh yeah Livingston, um, Simran. Livingston Simran 1-0 victory for Simran Another goalkeeper error this weekend, uh, I would say. We didn't mention Macy not being too great for Manilas' one. Uh, obviously, Liam Kelly was at fault for two goals, and then uh, Max Traik uh, just kind of one, allowing Ethan Erehon's pass to go into the far corner.
1: And a very similar one to come in the last game as well. But but yeah, this was quite a good game actually. I quite enjoyed it. Um, I wasn't. I kind of thought when I was kind of thinking, when you asked me what games I wanted to pick, I thought, well, if I pick that, and you do Dundee. County they were two games I thought were going to be quite poor we've, we've divvied the bad games up but actually yeah, for good. some
0: reason I'll just watch Celtic
1: instead <laughs> <laughs> a good game um, but yeah I enjoyed this one Um the goal sums up what's good about St Mirren I think they they are organised defend well and when they hit in the break they're quite incisive I thought Ronan uh, did fantastically well um, he kind of brings the ball it, it, it gets played to him kind of straight out of the tackle off the counter and he manages to get it from just behind it and bring it into his stride so quickly, which means that he can stride away from Livingston and creates, I think it's like a three-on-three. Three. He's then He then picks a really interesting pass. I, I love counterattacks. So I, I could sit and watch counterattacks all the time in terms of working out You know what's the right pass to do and all of that type of thing. Um, I don't know if it's the logical side of my brain, but... It's an interesting pass you don't see very often where it goes quite square with it, but it really works quite nicely because uh, I can't actually remember who's running onto it. Um, Marcus Fraser is running onto it from deep, which is always it's always good fun when it comes from a, a corner as well because you just get weird players in weird positions. Um, Fraser comes onto it really well, and then he sh- shuffles it out, and so it was really nicely done. The runners off the ball all did the job. Ultimately, though, it shouldn't have been a successful counter attack because even Erhon's shot is not that great. And it's one of the least explicable um, errors I could think of. Like, I don't, there's not really anything that should be putting Striek off. It's just a really poor shot and it just goes under him. Um, it's really piss poor from him. And again, not for the first time, he seems to have a real mix um, of. Amazing saves and really good performances and then stuff like that. And and yeah, it's just it was just really poor and it, and it did cost the team the game. Jack Arnick at the other end, you, you didn't get any of that from him. He made a couple of really big saves. He, you know, you're not I'm not saying he was like man of the match saves all over the place, but when they needed him, he was there. Striek, when he was needed, kind of let them down.
0: I don't I don't really rate Striek. Like I said this last season when we done like a goalkeeper pod. Like I just think he's a bit overrated. I think he was overrated just by not being Robbie McCrory.
1: Yeah, he's, big. he's big as well and that can help um, sometimes people think you know he, he looks quite imposing but still have to be good at goalkeeping Erehorn got the winning goal I, I really like him as a player I think you're starting to see shades of Kenny McLean in him um, sort of a, a lazy comparison with the same club and so on but mm-hmm. left-siding midfielder he's been shifted about a wee bit early on but now he's kinda in his, his best position and he makes a lot of really good runs he's really clever with the way he uses the ball and He's got quite a good brain on him, I think, Eragon. And so, I I do think they'll struggle to keep a hold of him long term. I think he's only still like twenty or twenty one. I'm not sure exactly what he is, but he's yeah, he's he's a really good player. Um, it's hard to say much more on St. Mirren. Um, I've watched them a couple of times now. I, I like them. They're they're solid. The players have took a wee bit of time to bed in, you know, which is surprising given it with a lot of players who have played at this level quite a lot. But now that they have and they seem to have a wee bit of a idea how they are playing, they've picked up some some pretty good results recently. And um Brophy is starting to do what you saw him do at Kelly, which is he's not going to ever score those of goals, but he's a pest. He leads from the front really well. Um, you've got three really good centre halves. That you know, I mean, M- M- McCarthy's excellent. I really like. Um, I really like watching McCarthy play. Um, the two on the side of him do everything quite well as well. And we've got, we've essentially got good players. They're all at least six out of ten players. Most of them are just six out of ten players. They're all playing where you want them to play, and they're all doing it quite efficiently. And, and that's that's nice. The more interesting team is Livingston because you go back two years and A Bunch of
0: Angry Shot horses.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And you go back that time and and they used to be such a they had such a clearly defined style of play that you you I really loved watching. Um, you know, it was it was direct to the final third and then it was kind of intricate in that final third. Now obviously you don't I don't think you realised at the time quite how good London Dykes was. Like you know, you think he's he's been good for them, but with where he's come from and how he'd done at Queen Queen of the South, you're not exactly thinking, "Wow, this is one of the best strikers in the league." But in hindsight, he, he probably was the, the best striker outside the old firm at that point. He definitely was actually, when you look at, um, at how much he did contribute to that team. Without him, they've really struggled. They they kind of managed to get something going with Robinson in that role for a wee while. Um, he obviously left. Um, and they've never really been able to replicate that. I don't think Andrew Shinney is this Fox 9 really works. They try it, they try it on and off, they try it on and off within games. Um, there might be games like that Celtic one, but it works out well. But yeah, it's it's a lot of small players, they are really, really playing it out from the back a lot. Um that's fine. They they were okay at it, but they didn't create loads of chances, they didn't create the same number of chances and they completely lose that ability to, to score from set pieces and stuff like that. And Well, I say that Ob- I had that really good chance from a set piece, but on the whole, they they don't. They're not bad. They're not a bad team in the sense of when you watch them, you don't go, this team is really incompetent. But as you said earlier, I they got four points. That's mm-hmm. not good. And I've, I've said this for, I think, two or three teams. I think I've said it for Dundee. I've said that I'm going to say it for Ross County. You can be not bad and you can keep getting away with bad, like good, good-ish performances when you lose, but you're still losing and there's only so long people are patient with that. And I would be slightly worried with what Martindale said at the end, which was we, we were everyone's favourites for relegation. First of all, not true, I don't think. Not after finishing the top six two consecutive years, even if you've lost players. I don't think people immediately went to Livingston as their first choice to go down. And then he says, we are where we want to finish. 10th, like that's not where you want to finish. You might take it, but it's not where you want to finish when you're finishing the top six in the last two years. And I get that he's, he's taking the pressure off the players and all that, but I would be worried about that.
0: Right, let's move on to our final game because we're running out of time. I've got a meeting for uh, this week's review for the terrace <laughs> starting very soon. We'll start to record the Patreon, so we've got one more game left. We didn't see it, uh, we've seen the highlights, and we know kind of. It, it fits into the narrative it's already there you were kind of just touching upon it there Ross County playing reasonably well had a number of chances could have got something from the game had the goal disallowed looked like it was deservedly disallowed from the angles that were available hey, that's, that's another thing to bring up about vr as you mentioned it earlier how many, how many cameras are we going to get
1: for <laughs> we need We need more anyway otherwise you, you wouldn't be able to make a decision on that goal <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you I looked offside um,
0: and uh, Dundee you United managed to win a game 1-0 yeah and <laughs> those, those are the two narratives County play well not winning and Dundee United uh, scraping out a result.
1: I say we we might be in the verge. I mean, me and you recorded the preview of Dundee United, and we were a wee bit um, cynical about Thomas Courts, Tam Courts, whatever you want to call them. We might be having to eat our words because he's doing well. You can't yeah. argue with that. He's getting results. He's getting, it. Might be one 0 It might be boring. I think they're playing better football marginally than what um, what they which wouldn't be hard from what they had last season. I uh, and yeah, so. Fair play to them so far. Um, It was another big mistake from a goalkeeper. Maynard Brewer came in again. Lee had a poor start to season. I suspect he'll be back in the sticks uh, for the next game. Baldwin mistake in the lead up to that goal will basically overshadows the result is a really poor header trying to clear that um that ball that comes in it's, it's a bi- I, if you are just try to deal with a long ball and it happened to kill it at the weekend it's like a big punt up the park you need your center have to just get rid of it and if they don't and at least a goal I think that's like that's one of the main things you're there for. And so it wasn't great from him either. So yeah I mean United will be really happy I mean you cannot argue with the start they've had in County yeah, if you can't win a game of football and you're eight games into the season now, it's not like you know, it's not like a month in anymore. It's it's kind of getting to that point where like, right, you you do need to actually win a game, and they're not.
0: Yeah, aye, uh, it's uh, a. What, what do we make of? it? Is there really anything add about the kind of things, the kind of off-field stuff that's not happened already? Like there, there's there was a. There was an allegation from Jando Fuchs that something racist was said to him from the County fans. Thomas Courts then full time held up a t shirt with "Show Racism Red" card written on it. Uh, Malky Mackay answered back uh, by saying it was interesting that he, he'd done this and was basically saying there was no uh, there was no proof and to his to his understanding it was a it was a misunderstanding because United's stewards and thinks he said some United officials as well were in the stand with the County fans and didn't hear anything. Um, and wasn't, and I think the county fans at the game said there wasn't that many of them, so that had something been heard, it would have been easy to kind of pick up and they wondered whether things were maybe misunderstood. But at the same time, not the, still not the best of responses from um, Malky, I would have said as well, uh, where he could have just said, OK, let's uh, let's just wait and see what happens. There's going to be an investigation. If something's, if something's been said that is uh, unacceptable, it'll be dealt with Um but he didn't. He didn't say that.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, the whole thing is like I. I can quite happily believe there could be a misunderstanding like that. The, the cult, the climate we're in, the culture we're in, and stuff. People like people are quite sensitive. The topic is quite a big topic in football at the moment, so you can imagine a player thinking he said something and being quite upset by it, and and you have to respect that, and it has to be investigated. And if they're saying it was kind of already investigated quite promptly. I'd like. I'd like to think they'll do further investigation, but it's entirely possible that you know a player just misheard something, misunderstood something. These things do happen. Um, happened with Ross again. Maybe it didn't, but it happened with Ross County with Michael Gardine last season. But something happened with an alleged homophobic. Um,
0: there was there was another something as well. There was something at Hearts game as well, where it was kind of Hearts Kelly, where there was kind of suggestions that a Hearts fan had abused Josh McGuinness, which ended up I think being a bit inaccurate or something.
1: Yeah, so that's I mean, these things do happen, but it's important that they're taken seriously and it's important that if you're Malcolm I mean, Malcolm Mackay of all people, right just just shut up about it. Just don't at the very least don't be don't be like belligerent about it. Just be like, okay right, don't
0: don't, don't bristle at it.
1: Yeah. It's like you you've with your history of all the managers to say anything about it, you you don't have the Authority to comment on that issue, basically, essentially, is, it, is what it comes down to. That may be unfair on him if he's genuinely repentant and all that, but you don't have the authority to comment on that. So don't just say, as you said, "We'll wait, we'll wait and see what happens." Uh, obviously, we hope there wasn't anything racist said. We'll fully investigate it. Blah blah blah. Courts, I yeah, I don't think you can be crit- critical of him. He's just trying to defend his player. He's he's making a point. He's making a statement. Is he is he kind of going out of his way to antagonize people? Yeah, he probably is. But if if you are being antagonized by an anti-racist t shirt, I think that's your problem. <laughs> like, so I, there there is a sense of that. Like I don't I don't really have an, an issue with that. And I was very more worried, like like Mackay as well, you can say heat of the moment and all that, but Stephen Ferguson putting out a, a statement, it's like just stop when you say. Make the statement of is we think it's been investigated. We don't think any of our fans committed anything. You know, fine. Stop your statement there. Don't you don't need to go in any further than that. Which you did, and it's just it's just a like it's it's not good coming out of Ross County just now. It's just like you need to understand that you've already got that you've put that massive spotlight on yourself by hiring Mackay. I I'm never one that's going to say that someone shouldn't have the right to work again and stuff like that. Like if if they want to employ him, I may not be happy about it, but I'm not going to say that he shouldn't be employable, but he does at least have to understand in the club need to understand the sensitivity around that and to just kind of wander on through and pretend everything else is rosy with them, yeah, it kind of leaves a bad taste.
0: Right, Craig, that's everything. That's all the time we've got for today. Thank you very much for joining me.
1: Oh, Cheers, sorry. I was kind of thinking you were rounding up and then I'm like, no, I've not said goodbye yet. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>
0: And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We're about to record the Patreon where Craig's going to moan about Kamarnock. So if you want to hear that, then head over patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast. That's going to go in the £2 a month tier. Only £2? Come on, get involved. But yes, thank you once again for listening, and we'll be back on Thursday. Cheers. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.